Welcome to the Bag Clan Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Blake, the smelly bitch, Tyler, the stupid hoe, and Rob, I always lose, Kilberger. Welcome on in. Hello from where we are to where you are. This is the Bad Clan Football Podcast, Fantasy Football Podcast. Ah, uh, you almost had it. Almost had it. You know, we're close every week. Uh, one one day we'll get there. I'm your host, Blake, joined as always by Tyler and Rob. How are you two doing, guys? Uh, Rob, I do want to apologize before, t- before anybody speaks. I'm sorry for putting the brakes on you last week. I mean, my team's bad enough, but then to get blaked to where... I get two zeros from people that didn't even – he didn't even throw an injury my way. He just – they just did nothing. So the Blake curse is real, folks. The uh, the lowest Rob has scored since 2014. Yeah, look at that. That's <laughs> – yeah. Which was the league inception, which at that point we only had one flex uh, and kickers. And I don't – we didn't have any of the bonuses or anything like that, did we? Uh, probably not. I, no, I we, we did. Yeah, we, we still had the same scoring. We just had – kickers at the time yeah the, the only adjustment we made to scoring was uh giving negatives to uh turnovers quarterback, quarterback turnovers yep um but yeah uh, i do feel bad also i think if uh, tyler can correct me on this but i think 2014 was a, a championship year for me oh boy um, uh i can certainly look up look that up yeah highly possible and and but that that thing that you just mentioned kind of makes uh the intro a uh, little moot uh, Rob complained he's going to lose. Uh, so far, I lose more than I have won the last yeah. year and a half. So, well, Tyler looks at get rid of that. Quick. Rob, what was that? St- what was the stat you sent me today about teams that I play against this year in fantasy? Oh, okay. So, because that was entertaining. Uh, oh yeah, Blake, Blake yeah, yeah. is a big dumb lucky bitch. Yes, Blake, you won in 2014, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, teams are averaging scoring 111 points against you each week. As a contrast, teams are scoring 131 on me and 136 on Tyler. And we're not even in the top three, I don't think. Or maybe one of us. No, we're it. just like sort of in the middle. I mean, so yeah, 20 points less per week is being scored against Blake. I mean, you could just, everybody could just think to their past scores, except for me who and Tyler, who we've been regularly scoring under 110 here the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, Nick has, Nick is averaging 151 points scored against him, where Blake is averaging 111. So uh, there that, you go. That certainly explains the discrepancy in, you know, Blake's, uh, what, second to least, third to least points scored in the league, but yet top two in record. Right. Yeah, it's all about defense, baby. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to apologize for good coaching. On, you know, on I have heard that side. fantasy football is all about playing defense. That's <laughs> yeah. I I, no, I just I just fundamentally am tired of hearing about quote the the kegerator curse. No, 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 girls. I'm the real owner of the actual curse in fantasy. Well, yes, the kegerator curse is you bow out like a princess uh, week one of the playoffs. That's the kegerator curse. All right, this week on our episode, got a you know our, our normal lineup. We're gonna talk about some news and notes. Gonna talk about our transactions here with the league over the last week, um, and then hit our matchups. We're gonna be skipping my over unders this week. I'll still kind of recap, you know, how you guys did last week, but 
After our matchups, Tyler has a award segment for midseason of the fantasy season or whatever. I think it's midseason, the fantasy season. And we're going to talk about our uh, awards, our MVPs, things like that. So uh, without further ado, Tyler, let's get into some news. Knock, knock. Who's there? The news. All right. So uh, I'm a little, I'm not entirely sure where to start the news and injury report for this week. Cause there's a lot of shit to talk about here. What? Let's fly uh, through the injuries first. Yeah. So it's hitting some injuries. Let's see. Let's go with, I mean, there was, there were no quarterback injuries of note last week, but we got a bunch of running back issues. Mainly at one huge one with Brees Hall, torn ACL, devastating injury for a very, like, just a, what do you call him? I'm drawing a blank here. Promising. Uh, promising, but also like coming. A, a blow up running back, uh, blow up talent this year, uh, going down with that ACL. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about this later in the transactions. Uh, you certainly thought this was going to make Michael Carter uh, the guy. Um, but at this point, it matters much more for dynasty going into next year. You know, we've talked about Dobbins and Javante and Gus Edwards, you know, how they've had these complex ACLs. If uh, Brees has one of these, you know, quote unquote, simple ACLs, I would think that he's good to go going into next season. If he has a complex ACL, then we're looking mid season. Yeah. It's, and it's just too bad uh, for a guy who going into the season, you, you thought the talent would, you know, overtake Michael Carter, but you didn't know you're, and you know, a lot of people who follow the NFL are like, why the hell did they draft him? Why, why waste that capital when you got Michael Carter? Um, nice. Uh, so that is the $25,000 question. I, I don't know what to say about it uh, other than it's just too bad for him because he was making his moves and he was, you know, becoming the thing there. He overtook and then gets hurt right away. Yeah, just real disappointing, especially for uh, my Iowa, fellow Iowa State fans out there. Um, I mean, you guys back, should be used to it by now, right? Other running back I have on this, I didn't have on my new, my notes that I shared with you guys. Uh, I want to talk about the Ravens running backs for a second here. Um, Jacob Dobbins, I don't think we mentioned, I don't I don't remember if you mentioned last week or not, but he went in for a knee surgery. Uh, just some correctiveness there after being swelled up uh, the week before. Uh, I think he's going to be sidelined for about a month or so. Uh, but then... Sunday morning, not not even uh, like two hours less less than that before kickoff happened. Gus Edwards designated for return and named the starter for the week, and he looked pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean that happened early Sunday, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, so I guess he'll play a little bit, but there was no indication that he was going to get the lion's share of the carries and that he was going to be as productive as he was. Um, it's not a mystery that he's a little banged up after that, you know, this week and has uh, had some limited practices. But, I mean, good for him that he's come back and that backfield is a mess. And it's very they, – they shouldn't overuse him because they'll end up with the same thing that happened to J.K. is they'll overuse him and then he'll – they'll have to set him down because of a knee or other thing that, you know, happens because uh, that he tried to do too much too soon. Yeah, I mean, they certainly love Gus Edwards there. Um, no matter who they have at running back, he's always gotten shine. 
Um, so I think that he's the guy to play until JK gets back for your fantasy playoffs. Don't rely on a single Ravens running back <laughs> because they're JK is going to come back and there it's going to be, you know, this guy gets seven touches. This guy gets eight. This guy gets, you know, two, three, and who knows? Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think for, especially for fantasy playoffs, I would ever rely on a Ravens running back just with I mean, three. if it was J.K. Dobbins, you know, if we got a full season healthy of him and well, Gus Edwards came back, I, I think we would know right at that point. But as it stands for the last two years, I don't think you can rely on any Ravens running back. Um, Let's see, Zeke. Zeke was the other running back I had listed here. Uh, took a knee. Uh, Zeke said it was a knee contusion mm-hmm. after Sunday's game. I don't know if we ever got an official designation from that, but he was ruled out for week eight. Oh, I, I guess I didn't see that he was already ruled out. I saw that he didn't practice today and that he was likely going to be out. But either way, fire up Pollard. Uh, Pollard is going to be a smash play this week. Yeah, agree 100%. Um, they're probably they're doing that because of what they did last year. This is probably a minor injury, but because they kept playing last year with the PCL and his his effectiveness went down, he was actually playing very well and you know on a per carry basis until last week. So they're smart just to shut him down this week and let Pollard do it. And I mean, I wonder if they're sitting here going, "Hey, let's see if Pollard can shoulder the load, and maybe we'll make some moves in the off season." I mean. I wish they would have done I – mean, if they were going to do something, it would have been smart to do it, A, before he got hurt, and B, before the trade deadline. Um, You know, you're looking for – there's all kinds of – we've already got one big running back that moves, obviously, you know, more talented at this point of their career. But, you know, you could get something for a running back needy team that thinks that they're – you know, need another running back to make a move. Uh, that would have been a good time to get some picks and let Pollard take it. Yeah. But Dallas has never been super great at trading. So, uh, at least, yeah. Uh, let's see. Tight end. I got one here. Big, uh, Injoku injury. Uh, I don't, I couldn't because I honestly didn't put in the effort to figure out what injury it was to remember, but it, he is going to be out two to five weeks. It's a, I think it's a high ankle. So that's why the timeline's so weird because usually, you know, you get like four to six or three to five, but the two to five is, is what you get with a high ankle. You can be back into, but generally it takes up to five. So, and anywhere in between, the dreaded high ankle sprain. Um, receivers had two big receivers go down last week. Mike or Mike Williams out four to six weeks. Um, I don't remember if that was that was that a knee injury, severe high ankle. That was one yeah, where that was also uh, high ankle. That was that one was... where we've seen like he got rolled up on coming down, and we've seen you know Dak's ankle snap on something like that. Uh, so yeah, severe high ankle, and yeah, they, they're saying that he's he's a likely IR candidate. Um, except except for the fact that you have to be out four games with the IR, and they're right. on by this week, so that's the only reason he might not go on IR. Uh, DK Metcalf also saw him go down. Uh, not looking good. He was also carted off. I. I'll be honest with you guys. I put in minimal effort to yeah. figure out what these yeah. injuries were his, this week. P- patellar tendon injury. Um, yeah, his, and his prognosis is better. Yeah. His, his, yeah. I do know he he personally says he's going to try and practice and play this week, but we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's highly doubtful he plays this week. He probably is back next week. It's a strain. It's not a tear or anything, but I really doubt he plays this week. If he does, he's not effective. Yeah, it's a pain management thing. And we saw... Um, 
oh shoot the guy that uh the cardinals traded or the chargers jc jackson Mm, with a patellar tendon rupture he's out for the year um obviously this is just a strain but you know similar type of thing just varying degrees right um final receivers i mean to nobody's a surprise the new orleans saints are going to be without jarvis landry and michael thomas again tomorrow night um, Mike, Michael Thomas went through walkthrough today, so he's certainly on track to be there next week. I was just gonna, I was just gonna ask you guys: Does Michael Thomas play again this year, and does he play in the NFL next year? Yes, hmm. and yes. Yeah, yeah, I think both. But if you're gonna know. say, does he play New Orleans next year? That I don't know. I don't know. I think. I mean, yeah, because we saw AJ Green, you know, deal with injuries and then get leave out of Cincinnati and then go to Arizona for it, but still be useless. So that might be in Michael Thomas's future is no longer with the saints, but you'll be somewhere else and you'll be just, you know, uh garbage on the field perpetually. Right. All right. So a lot of NFL news and newsworthy things that aren't necessarily tied to injuries happened within the last week. Um, all right, let's go a little bit more chronological here. So CMC traded to the 49ers from the Panthers. Uh, I didn't write down what the haul the Panthers got, but I know it was like three or four picks or something like that. The Panthers got a second, third, and fourth this year and a fifth next year. Um, didn't get a single first, which I know is what they were shooting for, uh, but it was clear that they went out, they talked to everybody that needed a running back, and this was the best offer. I know that... Uh, the Rams made an offer and they didn't give as many picks in the 23 class, which it sounds like that's really, they want to turn this around fast. So I think right. that's what they were going for. I mean, as, as far as the players themselves go, obviously CMC, uh, I think his floor goes up significantly and his upside goes back to being that top two potential. Um, he is a perfect fit for Shanahan's scheme and so it, it and looked great on limited snaps even last week, not knowing the playbook. So that's great. The only concern I have here is now you have two guys in Jimmy Garoppolo and Christian McCaffrey who we don't know who the hottest guy in the locker room is mm-hmm. and what kind of strife will that cause. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that this should work great. Yeah, My I mean, biggest question, Tyler, before you go, Rob, is what's know. the what's the over under of Chris McCaffrey getting injured in a uh, San Francisco backfield that is notorious for murdering their own running backs? So here here's my thought on the San Francisco, you know, revolving door of backs. They have historically a thought they were smarter than everybody else when it comes to running backs. Well, you've seen them fail time and time again with guys like Trace Sermon, but they hit on late round guys who did who never took the full load in college. And so then these guys get to the NFL and they're like, Oh man, we found this new back and they give them the full load. And then they wear down because they're, you know, more of like this scat back type, you know, not obviously Trey Sermon wasn't, but Mostert never got the full load at Purdue and um, you know, Elijah Mitchell, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's, that's the reason why we've seen so many injuries come out of San Francisco in their backs. And so I am not, uh, any more concerned about CMC injury wise than I already would have been. Yeah. I don't think it makes him, you know, more or less of an injury risk than he already was, which was high, which is why a lot of people did not want to draft him in the top three necessarily this year um, in fantasy. 
it depends on on how they use him. If they say, if they figure to themselves and think they're smart again, oh, we've made this trade for this guy who's great, and we're gonna just gonna work him, work him. I don't think that's gonna be good. It might be good temporarily, especially for fantasy players, but not good for them long term. If they keep sprinkling in running backs and sprinkle in the runs with Debo and all that, and keep McCaffrey fresh and then I think he'll be great. He what, What's going to happen is he's going to have more efficiency with the 49ers, but less touches than he had with Carolina. So with Carolina, he might have had, you know, what, 25 to 30 touches in a game between rushing and, and uh, targets. He's not getting that in San Francisco, but he'll do more with. Yeah, so, so let's just say in Carolina, he was going 25 touches for, let's say, 150, 175 scrimmage yards, right? Sure. And with Carolina or with uh, San Francisco, let's take that down to 20 touches with the same amount of scrimmage yards. Right. Because I just, think that scheme is better. Right. I don't think, uh, and, I don't think those yards will match, but I think I, I get the point you're making is like, he'll, right. he could take a 20% drop in, in um, actual touches and still have the same output. thus increasing his efficiency. And and one other note that I don't think we hit on in injuries is Debo has a new hamstring injury that just popped up he and does. he is doubtful uh, for this week. Uh, they haven't listed him as doubtful yet, but you know, hamstrings middle of the week, who knows? So yeah. I think this week in particular, this could be the CMC show. This could be the, Hey, we just traded for this guy. Uh, here's what he can do. Look yeah. what I can do. And, and I was, I was going to mention just kind of moving forward and even into next year, uh, Debo probably goes down in your day-to-day fantasy, you know, expectations. Oh yeah. Um, by far. Uh, Kittle, you know, honestly, with the with the other new offensive weapon and the way CMC provides to an offense, as long as he's healthy, Kittle might be be more open by have more opportunities. Um, but then you know your 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 receivers probably stay the same, but Debo with that with that rushing opportunity definitely goes down. Right. Yeah, I think I, I agree. De- Debo kind of weirdly takes the biggest hit exactly because of that. Um, because when we've seen Debo be just a God for fantasy has been when he's gotten seven or eight rushes a game for a hundred yards and another 70 receiving or something like that. Right. You know, yeah. Iuke might take a little bit of a hit just based on volume, blah, blah, blah. Cause they kind of scheme some stuff up to Iuke, but yeah, that, you know, may go now to Christian McCaffrey, but yeah, I think Debo's unfortunately the big loser here. Yeah. He's not getting that work. But, anymore. but I think that'll, not I think for him, for, for what he wants, because they put into his contract that if he was running all this stuff that he was going to get paid, uh, extra for it and so i think for him he's going fine i don't i don't want to be used like that because i don't want to get hurt right yeah uh and everybody i mean it's pretty much a given that jeff wilson is almost useless to you as a fantasy manager at this point and elijah mitchell yeah um i mean and, and that's the other kind of warning sign for dynasty uh those late round running backs that burst onto the scene don't trust them don't don't you dare trust them because they're always looking to get replaced. We've seen it with James Robinson. We've seen it with Elijah Mitchell. Don't we've seen it with Antonio Gibson even. Don't don't mm-hmm. trust day three running backs at all. If they if they show up, trade them. Yeah, they've got to be first three rounds are running backs that stick. After that, after that, it's just a guy to plug in. Yep. So sticking in some chronological here, the timeline on this little news story is very entertaining to me. Um, Colts head coach, um, it's Frank Reich still, isn't it? That's I got the right name there. Uh, yes. on Sunday after the Colts game, says 
you know, Matt Ryan, he's still our starter. We're going to be reviewing some some game footage, some tape, and we'll make the decision going forward. First interview Monday, Monday, uh, whenever that was, Monday morning or whatever, boom. Matt Ryan's benched for the rest of the season. Sam Ellinger is named our starter going forward. Just a huge ouchie for old Matty Ice there. Yeah, and, you know, there's a question of whether they made that, they you know, they were considering making that move, and then Matt Ryan had the shoulder separation, and so they're like, well, that makes our choice easy. But, yeah, no, I mean, it, it turning around that quickly and them coming out and saying it right away, that is no bueno. And, yeah, I mean, see what you got in Sam Ellinger and go from there. I mean, Rob, do, what do you think this does to, I guess, take me through both the passing game and the running game here for the Colts? So for the running game, I don't know that it changes that much. For the passing game, I think it actually helps them a little bit. Now, so he, I don't know what Ellinger, how he is down the field, whether he's super accurate or anything like that, or if he's got a big, big arm. I don't know that much about him. I do know that he uh, can scramble and that he can move around in the pocket. So from that standpoint, instead of, you know, if you don't block it upright, uh, Matty Ice is going down. He He's not going to move around that much. He makes Tom Brady look nimble in the pocket. Um, plus the Colts line, which was one of the best, is like one of the worst this year. So it can only help to have a guy that's a little more mobile and maybe he can move out and get somebody down the field. So I'm just looking at Sam Ellinger's draft profile here. Um, basically, they say intangibles like crazy. Uh yeah, a little bit more mobility, climbs and slides away from the pocket, um, throws under pressure. Oh, let's see. But um, weaknesses, ma- takes a couple of chances, which you can get away with. You can also get burned with. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, locks in his eyes too early, so gives safeties a little bit more jump. So I think, you know, you you lose that veteran quarterback play and that veteran, you know, looking off the safeties to get guys open. Um, and, and it doesn't look like he's super accurate uh, on the deep ball, though it's not, you know, a super negative. So, yeah, I mean, does this hurt like a Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce, something like that, but maybe help Michael Pittman? I mean, so for me, I guess it probably helps Pittman a little bit and maybe the tight ends. Because say, you've got like one million tight ends there in India, right? Because if you're if you're moving out of the pocket, if if the line collapses, you're moving out of the pocket. What you're going to be your your the guy you're rolling out and trying to get to somebody that's underneath. You're not necessarily unless you're Pat Mahomes. You're not rolling out to throw forty yards downfield. Um, the Tyreek Hill isn't on this team, but Pittman does that intermediate stuff. Um, the tight ends do. Uh, even Naheem Hines can. So I I believe it kind of helps those kinds of guys. So let me ask you uh, one more question because I know we need to move on here. We have seen in the last two games with uh, against the Jags and the Titans, the Colts running backs getting a lot more, you know, dump downs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think that part of the pass game looks like? I mean, I think that increases, uh, especially if Hines stays healthy. Um, I think there is a flex role as far as fantasy goes for him going forward because. I think they're going to manufacture a lot of those kinds of things to try to keep, they know their line's terrible and they're going to try to keep this kid clean, you know, and not get him beat up. So I, I believe that they'll have a lot of those in, in tight end passes, things like that. So, so two, two weeks ago, uh, Deion Jackson and Philip Lindsay combined for uh, 12 or 13 receptions on 13 targets for 
um, 84 yards. And two weeks ago, or uh, last week, I mean, uh, Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor were 12 receptions on 13 passes for 68. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they'll get a – they're not going – you know, nobody's going to get a lot of yards out of those unless they break tackles, but they're going to get a lot of dump offs. That's just the way this offense is going to have to play with a terrible line. I, I think they're figuring it out. Yeah. So would you – Would you? I mean, yeah, the, that line has been bad, but I think they're kind of figuring out what they have to do. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just a last little bit on the Colts here. Um, Nick Foles, as far as this week goes, has been named the number two quarterback. We'll see if that stays going forward. Maybe we get some Nick Foles magic if oh, Sam Ellinger proves to be terrible. Please Everybody's looking forward to, to the Nick Foles magic. I mean, I, um, I was surprised to see him get moved down to number three behind Ellinger. That, that's for sure, because they spent money to bring him in and be the backup. Yeah. Uh, to what should be noted, nobody's surprised is Nick Foles is actually not that great. Yeah, sure. Um, Super Bowl quarterback news. Um, down in New Orleans, we, Jameis Winston is healthy, he is ready to play. However, Andy Dalton is named the starter and will be until further notice. Yeah, I mean, everywhere he goes, Andy Dalton is just they the, the teams that have him say he brings a calming influence, and what that means on the field is that he's does enough to move the team and throws it where it's supposed to be. Every once in a while makes a mistake. Um, but, you know, for the most part, drives the bus. And that, that's what they need right now uh, in New Orleans. they got so many people hurt. They need somebody to drive the bus and make the offense somewhat effective. And that's what Andy Dalton could do. And he's supposedly a really good locker room guy. Really, really good locker room guy. That doesn't surprise me at all just from observing Andy Dalton in his years in the NFL. He looks like that kind of, you know, that rock in the locker room. But let's just say, before we move on, speaking of Andy Dalton's mistakes, probably my favorite clip from any NFL broadcast that I've ever watched is the slow-mo of Andy Dalton turning away after his pick six to the Cardinals on Thursday and watching the Cardinals' corner dive in the end zone right behind him, superimposed, fucking the best piece of just live action happenstance camera shooting i've ever seen yeah as he does a front flip into the end zone yes yeah. just amazing <laughs> fucking i could watch that all day <laughs> uh before we get into a couple of other nfl trades that happened i do want to talk about uh some, a little just snippet that came out today uh danger russ himself flying to england russell wilson proclaimed himself quote ready to roll for this Sunday in England. Good. I did hear that he also did a bunch of high knees on the plane. He spent at least four hours of his eight hours uh, working out in the airplane, which uh, was super probably great for all of his teammates trying to take, grab a sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, the most damning thing that I've ever heard about Russ is when Marshawn and Richard Sherman were on a podcast together. Oh, and and yeah, they said something about like, yeah, have you reached out to Russ? And Marshawn's like, no, I have to go through his manager. Why would I reach out to a guy like he, this guy? I don't like, I don't think he understands human interaction. His teammates don't have his phone number. They have to go through his manager to talk to him. Like what the fuck? Yeah. I've heard so much over the recent weeks of Russell Wilson is like the epitome of a manufactured personality. Like, who he and his team thinks the, uh, you know, 
quintessential quarterback and leader of in the in modern day NFL should be is how he fakes his personality to be. And it's it just it comes across you can tell in his garbage subway commercials that it, it just it seems so ingenuine. Yeah. Disingenuine. Eh, ingenuous, disingenuous, disingenuous, whatever. Disingenuous. You know, you you knew what I was saying. We don't yeah, need to be compared a to a guy that. like Dak, who maybe doesn't have all the talent in the world, but is real obvious that he's a good leader. All righty, we have an NFL trade to talk to kind of harken back to probably the biggest injury that happened on in Week Seven on Sunday, uh, following the Brees Hall confirmed ACL tear, and. Uh, on the other team side of this, uh, a pretty solid week-to-week performance from Travis Etienne on the ground, not necessarily through the air. James Robinson traded from the Jaguars to the Jets. Now, I didn't track what, what picks and what things were traded for this, but the Jets obviously trying to uh, keep up their kind of one-two punch with Michael Carter and now James Robinson, and the Jaguars going full in on their confidence in Travis Etienne. So... I mean, what this is, is this allows Carter to still be the a receiving back because uh, Brees and uh, Michael kind of split that role. Um, that's not obviously Robinson's forte, so he'll spell. Um, I This is going to be Carter's backfield, and and Robinson's just there in case something happens. And it's not going to be the same kind of – it's not, well, not going to be the same kind of split as it was before. No, Robinson no, no. Still, yeah, okay. It's not going to be that same kind of split. It's not going to be where Carter's like uh, the uh, workhorse back. He's going to uh, – Robinson's going to probably get 12, 12, 14 touches. I, I viewed this as Robinson is going to be the early down back and Carter's going to be the third down. Mm. That That's how I viewed this coming in. I, I think this is going to be, you know, like a, a you know, 50-50 timeshare. I, I don't think you're going to want to play any Jets. Well, I don't either, but I, I don't think it'll be – I don't think it'll be 50-50. I think Robinson, of course – I didn't think that at the beginning of the year, but then that slowly went away in um, Jacksonville and went to the other side, which is why they got rid of him. I just don't think Robinson's going to come in and all of a sudden take half of this backfield. Um, I think at best he gets 35 to 40. I think, I think it is very close to what, what could be a 50 50 um, just because they're, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, as far as archetypal builds, they're both very similar running backs. Michael Carty, obviously, a little, a little bit more skill in the receiving game, but the way they run the ball, they're very, very similar backs. Um, fuck, I just lost my entire train of thought. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's just, no, it's I, I, what I was going to no, what, what I was going to say is, um, as far as the short term goes, like this week, if you are a Michael Carter owner. You shouldn't have any hesitation playing him this week because it did also say out of the Jets camp or Jets um, coaching staff and whatnot, they are going to do a slow roll of James Robinson into the playbook and into playing. So don't feel hesitant in throwing Michael Carter out there this week. He's probably uh, a smash play alongside um, whoever else we talked to. Tyler mentioned earlier was a smash play. Pollard. Pollard. There we go. All righty. Um, just an- uh, another injury, or not injury, but trade. Uh, Eagles trade for the Bears pass rusher Robert Quinn. Not a lot of you know effect on your starting lineup unless you are playing the Eagles this week, and especially in, uh, a running back playing the Eagles, but uh, or I guess a passing team playing the Eagles. But yeah, you know, it's, it's more of a he. He's not the best uh, 
run it's, stopper in the world, it, but he's a good pass rusher. And it's just the, the Eagles acquiring another piece for an already strong team. Well, and Quinn's kind of been a gun for hire the last couple of years as it is. You know, he was on the Cowboys and he was on the Bears. Now he's on the Eagles. Um, I mean, that's what he does. He rushes, especially on third down. Uh, third down and more than five. So that's what he's good at. That's all they ask him to do. Um, and the Eagles just lost somebody um, in the last week or so. So this was kind of to to replace that. All right. Uh, if you guys got nothing else, we can nope. move on into our transactions finally. Nice long news segment. These transactions are brought to you by a vague yet menacing government agency. Does your neighbor have a wonky eye? Do they have scary looking guns? Ooh. Do they drive a Tesla Cybertruck? Call your vague yet menacing government agency right away and get those fuckers deported. Vague yet menacing government agency for all your care and needs. Thank you to the VYMGA for that yeah. wonderful commercial. Uh, before we get into the transactions, just a quick recap of the over-under last week. You do not have an installment of that this week, like I said. Um, over-under last week was total touchdowns on the week at 50. That's where I said it. Uh, the season prior was at, what did I say, 62 or something like that. Uh, there were 68 touchdowns last week. This guy stinks at over-unders. Um, Tyler was wrong because you guessed you took the under 50 and Rob was right. He took the over bullshit. Nope. I don't believe that. Well, one thing I was right in, uh, going back to bets was Rob and I bet, uh, Davis Mills versus Aaron Rodgers last week. Uh, and Rob just continues to lose money on this podcast. I continue (laughs) to lose it. Fantasy football. So Aaron Rodgers put up 20.75 points and Davis Mills put up 31. Yay. All right, so as far as the transactions go, let's see. I'm looking here. Before waivers ran, we really didn't have anything interesting. Nope. Some trade availabilities from the Fly Eagles Fly looking to trade Cortland Sutton and DeAndre Swift, so good luck with those. <laughs> uh, but as far as waivers go, let's see. start from the bottom here. $0 bids, we added Mac Collins to the Fighting Hedgehogs, and we added Michael Hardman chasing some points there to here's tubby uh hedgehogs once again dropping noah fant for the second time this year and here's tubby dropping russell gage uh another zero dollar bid fly goes fly with no fab added colt's defense i've got eight stick it idiot ah oh that well that's my fab that i uh graciously lended to you i still have it so cheese it uh you want to talk about any any of these additions important i mean mac holland's and Michael Harmon both might be chasing points. I mean, it's hard to trust a Kansas City receiver, but it's also hard to shake a stick at the fact that they ran him twice. Um, 
you know, you're taking a stab. I mean, Russell Gage, if you're comparing the two, Russell Gage has been garbage. So I'd rather have a guy that could hit like Hardman on my team than Russell Gage. Yeah. Three touchdowns for Hardman last week. That's right. I mean, it's not going to happen. And then same before. I mean, uh, if Tyler were here and not grabbing a drink, he'd be able to check me. If I think that was Michael Hardman's best fantasy performance in the two years he's been in the league. I mean, from a touchdown perspective, yes, he's had just more fantasy, just fantasy points. Um, I don't know about that because he's had, you know, games where he scored long touchdowns. These are all little ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. All right. For a dollar, Jameis Winston added to the fantasy Reapers, dropping Matt Ryan. Um, yeah, who then yeah, promptly, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Who promptly <laughs> then got benched. And so he had to drop him and pick up Andy Dalton. So yep. just, you, you just skip over that one. <laughs> Um, Daniel Jones added for three dollars to the backdoor hot snakes, blocking the Shakas who tried to get him for three bucks as well. Um, Scary Terry, five dollars added. Marquise Goodwin dropping Naheem Hines. I we talked about this a little bit on Sunday. Is adding Marquise Goodwin chasing points or with the Metcalf injury, is it actually a good pickup? And is he startable? Um, yes, and yes. Well, we uh, you said three things there. So, yes, he's a decent pickup. Yes, you're chasing points. But yet, but he is okay if DK is going to miss time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Yes, yes, maybe. Or yes, maybe, maybe. Okay. Yes, he's a good pickup. Maybe you're chasing points. Maybe you can start him. Okay. There you go. All righty. Paris Campbell added for $10 to the Hedgehogs, blocking T, who tried to get him for seven. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to get hurt this next week anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, uh, take it from no, Rob. No, don't worry, guys. I had him on Dynasty, and then I traded him, and look at this. Look at this. He's <laughs> going off. Uh, and then also for $35, really throwing it down, dick on the table, Chuba Hubbard to the Fighting Hedgehogs. Yeah, I, I mean. Th- this is a this is a stand for what you believe in pick, and if you believe Chuba Hubbard's going to be the guy, then this is a goddamn bargain. But nobody else bid more than – nobody else bid money on him, so that's a whoopsie. Yeah, I mean, they, they've even said that Dante Foreman and him, you know, are going to kind of split. They're going with the hot hand. Well, you know, Chuba started the game, but Dante Foreman did pretty good with the 11 touches he got. Um, and he's, you know, he showed it last year, uh, subbing in for King Henry. So, I don't know. I'd rather have gotten Dante Foreman for nothing than Sheba Hubbard for 35. Yeah, I mean... In in Ryan and Chuba Hubbard's defense, um, Hubbard looked, I mean, decent last year on a not super great um, Carolina offense uh, with uh, McCaffrey going out, and he was a rookie. I mean, give him a, a full year, and he actually you know, it looked a lot better than he did last year. So I don't hate the pickup. It's just it can't feel good that nobody else bid anything on him. You grabbed him for $35. What do we right, say? Right. Day three pick at running back. Don't trust him. Boom, boom. Okay. He'll get hurt, and he already is hurt. That's all we got as far as our transactions go. All right. Let's move into some matchups, babe. Go Bulldogs! Yale 
All right, first up here on the matchups, we have the five and two. Here's Tubby hosting the two and five, Scary Terry. Currently, Tubby is favored 149 to 123. Kind of a, a shellacking as we're lit, sitting right now. Uh, Tubby at quarterback is going to throw Jalen Hurts home against Pittsburgh versus Geno Smith home against the Giants for Scary Terry. I mean, Geno Smith has done very well com compared to what people thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year. So, I mean, he might he could do well, but he's got Metcalf kind of limping in and probably not going to play. And Hurts has been on fire coming off a bye. Pittsburgh's not that great on defense. Let's go Hurts here. Rob, will you give me Gino plus five and a half in a no, dollar no. bet? No, like I'm not the, betting a dollar again five and because a half? I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Blake. I'm tempted. I am tempted. Come on, Blake. Give me Gino plus five and a half. Uh, no, I can't do it. Okay. Because that's what I think it is. I think like, yeah, Hurts can blow up, but... Look, the Giants, they've been in a lot of close games, and Seattle has also been in a lot of close games. This could be a game where you throw quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And if Lockett breaks one, then, look, this is a really, really close. Yeah. I, it would be much closer for me if um, Metcalf was healthy. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at, um, at that point, I think I would take Geno outright. In, in a yeah, game which I, I think is going to be closer. Yeah, I I get that. All right, our running backs here. Um, Tubby is going to have Josh Jacobs, who sit on a questionable tag, but isn't he always? They are at New Orleans, and he's also got Raheem Mustard at Detroit. Scary Terry has Leonard Fournette. Oh, what a disgusting game for the Buccaneers last week. <laughs> uh, they are playing Baltimore this week at home, and then he's Terry also has David Montgomery at Dallas. Yeah, I mean, this is certainly the matchup of floor versus upside, right? Jacobs and Mostert could go completely ballistic. Jacobs is NBA Jam Rules on fire. Um, mm -hmm. Raheem Mostert is playing maybe the worst run defense in the country. Whereas Leonard Fournette and David Montgomery, they're both the guys. They're both going to get work. Uh, Dallas did just trade for Jonathan Hankins. So I don't know, Rob, you, you can speak more to how many packages he's going to be involved in, but... I think that is a really solid upgrade for Dallas on the interior, especially in the run game. And Fournette definitely needs a bounce back game, but give me Jacobs and Mostert. Yeah, I'm going to go Jacobs and Mostert too, just because the upside's there. And I, we've seen Tyler's been right as far as Thursday games go. And so I don't see all of a sudden Fournette throwing down 100 against Baltimore on Thursday. Um, as far as uh, Hankins for Dallas, yeah, I mean, that's been the problem. We've got – or we've – Dallas has good light tackles that can get to the quarterback, but they don't have anybody really that can stuff the run, and that's where they uh, are susceptible is to things up the middle. You put him in there, clog up the middle a little bit, allow your linebackers to flow and allow those ends to get there. All you got to do is hold that run a half a second to a second longer than you would have, and that really makes a difference. I actually think that this is a significant upgrade to Dallas – uh, fantasy points wise defensively because now all of a sudden uh, teams have had a lot of third and short against Dallas this year. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden, if you force teams in third and eight, two or three more times a game because they get stuffed on the run, they don't have, you know, second and short or, you know, they throw for five and then they get stuffed again. You know, 
I think this is a significant addition to a Dallas defense that has been just craving this sort of body in the middle for years. So yeah. I like this is one where if if you are in other leagues that start defenses, obviously this league, you're not going to get away with anything. But if you're in other leagues that start defenses, I am actively targeting the Dallas defense after this edition. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, I mean shit, they, just to do well. On that on that same just vibe, um, the Dallas defense is what number two or number three in points for a defense on the yeah, season. Yeah, they're they're for sure top three. I think. Uh, I mean, it depends on how your league does it, but yeah. So in another redraft, the Megalobowl for you guys who know that uh, league I'm in, I looked at the waiver wire. The Dallas defense is on the waiver wire this week, and I was fucking aghast by it. I threw. I had only fifteen dollars in my in my fab. I threw seven at it. The next highest bid was two. And I was like, I just got the steal of this league yeah. for getting Dallas I, I don't for blame seven you. That, bucks. That is, that is, I mean, it's not akin to adding like a Travis Kelsey at tight end, but I mean, it's certainly in, you're certainly going to get a, a, a positional advantage every single week with that defense. Yeah. Considering I, th- I was uh, starting the chargers up until that oh, point. Gross. Right. Oh. <laughs> Hang yeah, on. Let me, let me find my fart sound again. Yeah. I got a little one there for you. Squeaker. Was that you? Was that your actual fart? No, that was just me doing a cheek thing going. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a cheek thing. All right. Last thing I want to talk about these running backs uh, at the beginning. Yeah. Because this matchup yeah. will take forever if we. If we yeah. Yeah, I, I, like how, I like how before this, we're like, all right, we're going to fly through matchups. Yeah, yeah. we got a lot to talk and about. Blake and then we've, just, talking. we've gone long in every position. God, <laughs> have another drink. Uh, no, I just, I just wanted to say, uh, as far as Chicago goes, I would be maybe not this week, but be a little bit watchful going forward. The share carry share there between Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert could shift more and more to a 50 50. And maybe they don't, they might be trading Dave Montgomery next year. I think he, I think he's on, on the slate to be a free agent. If I'm not wrong. right, so so he's going to yeah. be a free agent after this year. So yeah, yeah. It, the the question is is whether they're going to run him into the ground, or are they going to see what they have in Khalil Herbert, or like you know see if he can take a full workload, take a big load, as Blake would say. Yeah, he's going to take a big load. Yeah, I All think right. it's already fifty fifty in my mind. So, uh, as far as receivers go, here Tubby with Devontae Adams questionable tag at New Orleans and Christian Kirk home against Denver versus Debo Samuel. Uh, with like Tyler said, that questionable hamstring injury and DK Metcalf with, I would almost say that is a doubtful, if not, you may as well rule him out rather than questionable. Yeah. I don't think either of Terry's <laughs> uh, receivers play. Um, so this is Adams and Kirk. Easy, easy, easy. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, Denver and Jacksonville is the London game this year or this week, by the way, take okay. the lunder. The Lunder. This might be the easiest Lunder of the season. I got to look up what the over-under is. Oh, God. I, I'm about to put my mortgage on this. <laughs> but I, I agree wholeheartedly. So, yeah. And already hurting a uh, scary terror team is not looking super great this year. Receiver, uh, this week at receiver. All righty. Tubby has Mark Andrews at Tampa Bay. Mark Andrews, zero of zero for zero. Last week, also carrying that questionable tag, not really practicing this week thus far. Uh, Terry has Zach Ertz at Minnesota. I would feel confident in giving this as it stands now to Zach Ertz. That's wild, and I will for sure take that dollar bet. Um, 
Yeah. Um, since you said you're confident, I'm not even giving you the option to respond here. I'm no, right. Tyler, <laughs> did you not hear what I said? As it stands, I would give it to Zach Ertz. That's a very important qualifier. Well, no, yeah, okay. So qualify it then, because you didn't qualify it afterwards. Okay. Uh, if Mark Andrews practices Thursday, Friday, then he is obviously well, going to take this matchup. Well, well he he practice. plays Thursday. He, yeah, he plays, plays Thursday. Thursday. Oh, yeah. they do play tomorrow night, don't they? Yes. Yeah. He was a, he was a full participant today. Was he? Okay, I didn't see yes. that. Yes. So I knew that he was not he was not present for walkthroughs on Monday. So that's the information I was operating off of. Yeah, he was a full participant today. He'll he'll more than likely play. So no, then then yeah, I think it's 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 a lot closer than it usually be Mark Andrews by a landslide, but I think it's almost a push push category here. I mean, I get that because Ertz is heavily involved. Um and Andrews, you know, for the first time had an off game last week. Um Tampa Bay might be without four defenders this week, and they've been playing terrible defense against teams they should roll over in Pittsburgh and Carolina. Was it Carolina? Did they yes. play last week? Yeah. yeah. They should have rolled both those teams. Um, and they didn't. Uh Baltimore's a much better team. I know it's a Thursday game, blah, blah, blah. But give me Andrews. Blake, I'll give you Ertz plus five and a half. Ooh. <laughs> For a dollar bet. Don't be a wuss. I mean, sure. I don't okay. have yeah, I'll take that. It's just uh, so uh, there is the reason I said that before I went into my thing. Cleveland sold out to stop Mark Andrews last week, completely yeah, sold out everywhere. on everything else because Bateman was limited and all that sort of stuff. I think with Bateman being back, um, I, I don't think that New or Tampa Bay is going to be able to sell out on uh, Mark Andrews. So I I am fully confident that Mark Andrews regains um, regains form and scores at least twenty. All right. Alrighty, flex positions here for Tubby has Jerry Judy at Jacksonville and Brandon Ayuk at the Rams versus Terry with Najee Harris at Philly and DJ Moore at Atlanta. Yeah, D- DJ Moore back in lineups, and I think he should be right now. He is now that CMC is gone, he is the guy in this offense, and he's gonna see, you know, 30% of targets, which is it's hard to outside of Outside of his Atlanta, which is, has the lowest passing offense since like 1947 or some shit like that, it, it's um it's hard to not play somebody who's getting 30 percent of targets for a team. I don't love Najee. Najee hasn't been Najee all year, uh, but over Judy and Ayuk, I will safely take Najee and DJ Moore. Uh, I'll take him too. I mean, Ayuk might have an uptick, but. You know, if you think, oh, well, with uh, Debo hurting, oh, maybe that's more for Ayuk. Eh, I actually think that's more for the underneath guys, for Kittle and for McCaffrey I, and I, Ayuk. I, I honestly think CMC might have his best game the rest of the year this week. Yeah, it's highly possible. And Judy, Judy had an uptick last week because he had a different quarterback in who it was easier for that quarterback to just to throw long down the outside rather than the in the in, intermediate spaces where Sutton goes um, with uh, Russell back, even though that offense is severely handcuffed and looks like a high school offense uh, on Tourette's. Um, the fact is that with him back, Sutton's going to get most of the targets, not, now, uh, not Judy. I want to clarify here. Yeah. Who on the offense has Tourette's? Is it the offensive coordinator? Is it the head coach or is it the quarterback? 
I, I think it's the fans watching it, actually, when you think about it, oh, because yeah. you'll be watching it and be like, fuck, damn, pussy leg. <laughs> right? So it really is the fans. <laughs> um, But uh, another one, Judy is very clearly on the trade block right now. Denver is shopping him. Right. So the only scare here, and this is where you need to watch Sunday morning, if things start heating up, because when is the trade deadline? Is it the end of the month? It's November 1st. November 1st. If things start heating up, Sunday, Judy could be a surprise inactive. And if, if they have a good offer for him and they're just trying to figure out the details. Right. And then Hamler comes happen. in instead. Like, and this blah, weekend, blah, blah. more than anything, yep. you need to wake up for Sunday and and pay attention. All right. For defenses here in this matchup, we don't even need to talk about them. Uh, no, but it would be the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> You're not playing a defense against Buffalo. <laughs> well, fuck. Sorry. And- so, shit, the Eagles are at home against Pittsburgh. Easy day. The Packers are at Buffalo. Why would right. you play this defense right now, Chris? Get because his team's in shambles. Yeah, the, the 20th-ranked 20th defense on the year against the best NFL offense. Yeah, no, that that's a good play. Yeah, Chris, drop Odo Beckham. He's not going to get signed by anybody. Drop the Packers' defense. They're the 20th-ranked defense. Who cares? Drop the Packers' defense. Do something. All righty. Um, Rob. Yes. Go through, go through Tubby's bench here. What do we got? Okay. So we're looking at, I mean, he already made a, a change earlier, which is what I would have done. Because originally, before I refresh, he had Hawk in there instead of Andrews. And I actually was going to say I would play Andrews So because I was looking um, earlier. Um, the only person that he's got down here that I would consider is if, if you, if, like Tyler's saying, something happens to Jerry Judy, let's say. I would definitely put James Conner back in. Minnesota's defense is not very good, and Conner practiced in full today and looks like he'll get his starting job back this week. So I would look to be putting him back in my lineup. So Rob, hasn't, hasn't Conner been practicing like for two weeks now and been, been no. quoted as day-to-day no, 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 for like no. days? No, 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 no. Um, last week he got a couple of late ones in, and uh, they had a bad matchup against – uh, what New Orleans, and yeah. so that's why a lot of people didn't play, you know. But Connor 15, 6, 7, 10, 6, with Eno coming off of a good matchup. Do you think Eno eats into Connor's workload at all? I think he could because I think what's happened is Eno is uh, it was Williams, the other guy that was hurt. So I think Williams, who came in because Eno's the rookie, came in as the number two. I think he's lost that, and Eno. I think what you're going to see is the work that Connor got last year, where he was not only running the ball, you know, we everybody expected him to be kind of the goal line guy and, and, you know, first and second down, but he did a lot more third down work last year than anybody expected. Um, So especially with Chase Edmonds there, I, what I think is that going forward, that Connor's going to get less of that third down work. And you're going to see, you know, getting that work. Um, and when they're behind in the shotgun, it's not going to be Connor there. It's going to be Eno. That's what I think going forward. Um, I want to just bring up Donovan Peoples-Jones on this bench uh, into the flex here with instead of Ayuk or uh, Jerry Judy. Now, obviously, position rank on the year, uh, Peoples-Jones is the worst of the three. But the last four weeks, 12 points, 9 points, 11 points, 12 points. I mean, that's a solid outing for, you know, you. I just need to get, you know, double-digit points from my flex position this week. 
Correct. And they're play, and, they're and, playing against Cincinnati this week too, which and Peoples Jones can break a big one too. So I, mean, I, I think he's I think he's a good flex, not a good flex play. I think he is a serviceable flex play. I wouldn't be happy starting him in my flex, but if you if you I, had to, I'm not going to be upset about it either. Yeah. Right. All right. Alrighty. Scary Terry's bench. Yeah, I mean, I don't love Mooney because I think he. I I don't think the Cowboys are going to put digs on any particular person. Right. I I think think if the, if the Cowboys are smart, they're going to load up the box and put a spy on uh, fields at all times. And then let, let the guys play man to man across the board. That's where new England got beat last week was they played zone against the bears and the bears just took them to the house. And you play man to man against these bad receivers and they're going to get beat. Um, the only thing I maybe think of here, and again, I'm, I'm doing this because you have two receivers that might not play. I mean, again, if, if DK doesn't play, I think you probably put Goodwin in. And then outside of that, I think Latavius Murray is the next guy up. I don't feel great about it, but Mike Boone did have, I believe a season ending injury, um, last week. So it's just Latavius and Melvin Gordon in that backfield. So you could certainly do worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as Kenyon Drake goes, looks like one of the worst fab spends across any uh, redraft league. But Gus Edwards is still carrying that questionable tag after the last week. If he, for some reason, can't go, um, you know, Kenyon Drake might be the only game in town there. I, yeah. I don't I don't want it. I don't want it against Tampa Bay. I just I don't. I mean, because he's not he's not going to go over a hundred. So what are you expecting out of him? Out of him? Like, I don't know. 80, 80 rushing because yeah. they don't they don't throw to the running back. So no, you're looking for like him. eight points. So yeah, I'd rather play one of the other guys. Alrighty. So after that long, oh my god, that was the um, longest matchup ever. Convoluted first matchup. Uh, Rob, who's taking this one? Jeez, it's it's freaking Tubby. Let's go. <laughs> Rob, oh you can't. Never mind. Hey, who who's rolling this week? Oh, I mean, uh, I can. I have it right here. If you want. All me right, to. Rob. Well, Rob, tell me. Give me. Give me a D four this week, Robert. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, that is super gross. We got a two. We got a two. That is a Terry pick. Oh, God. Uh, I'm also taking Tubby, and I assume Blake is as well. Absolutely. All right. All right, Tyler, before we get into our next matchup, how did we do last week? Because I know it was uh, weirdly split. Uh, it actually wasn't. We Well, okay, so it was weirdly split in the games we picked right and wrong. Um, Rob and I went two and three, uh, got wins with the Wieners and the Hogs. Look, we're just all over both of those. Yeah. Blake got wins on Wiener Snakes and Tubby for three and two, and the dice went one and four. Mm. Overall, I'm, we're having a down year, and I think that just points to how weird fantasy is this year. You know, overall, Rob is uh, at about 62%. He's at 54% this year. Mm. Um, Blake is at 60%. He's at 51%. I'm at 58% overall. I'm at 48% this year, 49%. Oof. Wow. And the dice, the dice, even at 50, 50 are at 52% and they're at 49%. Wow. So it's just it's down. Yeah. All, all, all across the board. It's just, it's really who scores the touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, right. even, even PPR leagues this year are playing like standard leagues. Yeah. It's strange year. Um, next up. 
in this matchups, we have the Fighting Hedgehogs. They are three and four versus the Fly Eagles fly at two and five. Currently, the Hogs are favored 148 to 121. That's an oof projected, projected score there, Rob. I love the two hole. All right. That's a hard yeah. cut, but so much more uh, pleasurable than the whole thing. I mean, here's the thing. I can't, I need the, I love the two hole in there. That's that just, it, it, it literally never gets old. <laughs> All righty. At quarterbacks here, Tyler, the Hogs have Joe Burrow at Cleveland versus Tua Tagovailoa at Den- Detroit, sorry, for Eagles fly. Yeah, my, so... Two things here. One, Cincinnati is getting their shit together, right? They oh, last yeah. week yeah. looked looked like Scar- the Super Bowl caliber team. Scarily getting their shit together. Correct. Uh, their offensive line is starting to gel. And yeah, I mean, that looks like a really good team right now. Tua, what I'm scared of is they get up too much on Detroit and stop throwing. Although Dallas did not do that last weekend. Um, as it stands right now, give me... Give me Tua Ooh. by by a by a split hair. Really, I'd be. I thought I would be the uh, detractor here taking Tua. They're wanting to take Tua. So, right. I'll ride shotgun with you. Um, uh, I'll, I'll you take okay. Burrow. No, shut up, <laughs> shut up. You don't get to talk. This is oh, not I your get turn. to do. This oh, is not I your turn. Everybody else talks during their thing. I get to Tyler. Mute him. Ah, uh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> deal <laughs> he just we, we, for, for the listeners at home we just got double birds from rob uh, <laughs> i'm i'm for sure gonna have to clip that and post that somewhere yeah rob uh, let those eagles fly yeah he, right you know <laughs> oh, damn it he can unmute himself yes i can <laughs> all right moving on all right running backs hogs have joe mixon at cleveland and tony pollard that smash play home against chicago fly eagles fly have deandre swift hopefully in his first game back I mean, he will be back, but it will—it is his first game back. Uh, and Damian Pierce, home against Tennessee, Swift playing against Miami. Yeah, I think they ease Swift back in. And Swift hasn't been the goal line back all year. Obviously, we've seen um, Jamal Williams take the touchdowns. Damian Pierce uh, in a negative run script. Um, and Tennessee is a good run defense. So give me Mixon and Pollard easy. I'm sorry. Pollard, has Pollard ever not produced when he's been the guy? Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If Pollard. I don't. Yeah. I. I think you can count on one hand the number of times Pollard has been the guy. Well, yes, and but that's that's what I'm asking is, he, and okay. this is a good matchup. He's done better on a per carry average um, when he's been in with Zeke playing. Right. Well, when and he's I, I think been most the guy. Were. He's gotten obviously more carries, um, but you know he's not doing a eight for eighty six type thing. You know, Does, would anybody? Guy. I I'm just I'm in a gremlin mood tonight. Would anybody like to uh, bet against me? Pollard 100 rushing. So you you're saying he will get 100 rushing? Correct. I'll bet against you on that. Okay, Rob, are you in on that? No, because I'm terrible, and whatever I pick will be wrong. All right, yeah, the real the real mate of the podcast when it comes <laughs> to betting. I mean. I haven't I'm been, just I've been, been right though. yet so all right receivers Jamar Chase at Cleveland uh again 
Head Sharks throwing up three uh, Bengals here in this lineup. Hasn't, I mean, it's hurt him before. But um, not last also, week. also, A.J. Brown, home against Pittsburgh, where Eagles fly is going to have Michael Pittman, home against Washington, and Corbin Sutton at Jacksonville, Tyler. I mean, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen the Denver offense be good under Russ yet, right? And so they're I, in I, London. That's... Correct. It's the Lunder. Uh, also, the Lunder is 39 and a half this week. Ugh. And I think I might take it. And I, might take, that, I might take the over. Don't don't bet against me. That is <laughs> that is Tyler, like that is like the number one sin of betting. The last time I went with the Lunder with you, we both got fucked. To be that's true. To be fair, the number one sin of betting is directly going against somebody and then bragging about it. It's like fuck uh, you. I already knew you won. But um, no, I mean this is this is Chase and AJ Brown easy. Pittsburgh has nothing in the secondary right now. Although I do think it's going to be more of a Devonta Smith game. I think I think Brown is heavily involved. This is easy. Yeah, it is easy. Uh, and any, I mean, you have to start Michael Pittman, but yes. that the Colts offense is going to be. I want to see it to believe it here so, with the new quarterback. Yeah, Pitt- Pittman has been his production has a hundred percent come from whether or not he hits a hundred yards and and that that all comes down to whether he gets double digit targets i think the young quarterback peppers Pittman, and i think he has a good game yeah all righty tight ends dallas goddard for the hedgehogs they are playing against pittsburgh as well and then george kittle at the rams for our own eagles fly uh kittle has been coming on Ao, the last couple of weeks. So yeah, he, he can definitely take a big load. Uh, no, that's yeah, that's the opposite there. Uh, coming on a big load. You've played the you've played the sound bites for both things, Tyler. So don't tell me that it doesn't fit. Uh, he's gonna what? take a big load. <laughs> the way that's isolated is just so uh, good. If he can't come right here, he can't come at all. So there you go. <laughs> I way- I thoroughly. Look, it, it, listen, if anybody is listening to this podcast and they go, hey, you you need to isolate this, send it to me and I for sure will. Because those are those are all from a draft podcast like two years ago where I started isolating stuff. And yeah. My favorite part about the big load uh, bite is that you can tell that other people are talking and I'm talking over them and it's just take a, load, take a big load. Yeah, it's just me solely isolated, yelling about a big load. And it's it's so perfect. All right. Uh, Both of you are here. looking at me intensely, and I'm not sure how to handle the I'm situation. <laughs> this is F- We're only in the terrible. second matchup, and this has already gone off the rails. Oh, F- I'm, I'm not even drinking anymore. I love the two-hole. I right. do. All right. Hell yeah, this brother. Is- this is going to be a three-hour podcast. If we don't better not be. One more. Unamas. <laughs> this podcast is our most train wrecky of <laughs> Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it's so bad. All right. Let's let's blast through this here. Uh, right. Flex. Chris Godwin, home against Baltimore and Chris Olave, home against the Raiders for Hogs, and then Deonta Foreman at Atlanta and Taysom Hill finding his way into a flex against the Raiders for Eagles Fly. Super duper easy. This is Godwin Olave. 
Uh, Baltimore's secondary hasn't been good, though they have been better lately. Olave goes up against a Vegas team that is allowing just all of the points to quarterback. Now, they have been decent against wide receivers, but still, Olave may be the only show in town. Foreman may also be the only show in town. And if Dalton is a quarterback, I think Taysom keeps getting work. But I, I think this is very, very easy, Godwin and Olave. The only reason Godwin is not viewed as a top-tier receiver is because he hasn't scored yet. Yeah. How has he been doing recently? I mean, okay, uh, very, since, very since consistent. He came back, since he came back, 10, 10 targets, 6 targets, 12, 13, uh, with 7, 6, 6, 7, uh, and averaging, I mean, let's call it like 65, 70 yards a game, just roughly. Yeah. I mean, 12, 12, around, 12 15, 11. Around like 13 points or so. Yeah, I mean, if he scores or, or goes over 100, he's easily into the 20s. All righty. Uh, Tyler, do you like either of the defenses a lot, Broncos at Jacksonville or Colts home against Washington? I think you can rely on the Colts to get uh, at least one pick against Washington because Heineke, uh, Heineke is for sure going to have a game or uh, he's for sure going to point downfield at some point and go, fuck it. Uh, McLaurin's down there somewhere. Uh, so, get, But Broncos are the better defense. I mean, if you made me pick, give me the Colts, but it's not by a ton. Yeah, and, and the, I'm not going to be surprised either way. Probably the way I would lean to, Tyler. So let's go talk about the Hogs, and then we'll let Rob talk about his team. So, Tyler, is Cam Akers droppable from a redraft team at this point? No, no, I don't think so at all. I, I think Cam Akers is going to get the job somewhere when they find a trade. The, the thing is, is I think they're asking too much for him because I think they wanted a second round pick for him and CMC got what a second, third and a fourth round pick in 23. And you're just not going to get a second for Cam Akers who hasn't shown anything. Right. So Especially as soon as they coming find, off an injury, correct. As soon as they find a trade candidate, I mean, think of what happens if he goes to Carolina or if he was the guy that went to the jets, right? Like right. then we're okay, thinking about so, so if we're if we're talking Tuesday, November second, uh, trade deadline is passed. He's not traded. That's a drop, right? Uh, probably. We'll we'll have to watch how that relationship, if anything, has been mended. Obviously, we saw Elijah Moore have the bad relationship with the Jets uh, coaches in front office, and now he's coming back and he's going to play this week after asking for a trade. So it, it all depends on the fences that were mended. I I don't think we heard everything that happened in the uh behind closed doors. So who knows what has to happen to get, get that fixed. All right. So breaking down the rest of this bench real quick, uh, Chuba Hubbard's down here. You just paid a lot of money to acquire him. Does he find a way in ahead of Chris Olave? Probably not. I would say. No, I, I think this team is set to be honest. Yeah. Looking, looking at all these, I think you, you got a lot of, the only, I the only I thing you get a lot at, of upside down here. You the just have only a lot of stuff. Thing you can look up, look at is Kyler uh, at Minnesota. But let's not forget, uh, Call of Duty comes out on Friday. Yep. So, nope. Uh, Kyler is borderline droppable. And <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish my meatball brain were joking more about that because, like, there is, there is a solid percent of my brain that entirely believes that. All right. Rob, tell me about your team. What are you thinking? I mean, I'm thinking I'm going to get beat. Uh, I'm thinking I'm down 20 before we even go in or 20 something. So that's why Foreman and Taysom are in there right now, because those are my two shoot for the moons that Foreman could 
possibly get the whole gig to himself and that Taysom could have a Taysom game. Uh, I'm not putting Allen Robinson in, even though he's been better in recent weeks. Um, and maybe you could say, oh, maybe after the bye, they figured things out. No, uh, Romeo Dubs, he, I thought about putting him in because maybe he's the leading target with Lazard out, but it's Buffalo. And I just can't, it's just I mean, hard to The only on. thing is if they get into a shootout, right? Correct. Then it just might be target central. So he he's, you know, if I get scared of, uh, I think he is the one, the yeah, one he, guy. That he's who I had in instead of Taysom. And then I changed it today. So it's between those two. It just depends, you know, what happens. It'll depends what happens Thursday. He's got a bunch of Thursday people. I don't. So we'll see, you know, what he scores, or at least he has one. I know. Just uh, one? Yeah, he has, he has exactly Godwin and that's okay, Godwin. He so has, he has yeah, three people on Monday, so okay. you will not know shit. No. So I guess I'll see how Godwin does. If Godwin, puts up your 20 that you're talking about, then I'll probably taste him in there. Cause I got to shoot for the moon. If he puts up a 10, then I'll probably go with dubs because I, I think he'll PPR me a little bit better. So. All righty. So Rob, I know I told you earlier today that I was going to take you in the podcast tonight. To yeah. I know you win. lied. I knew you uh, lied when you told me that. I mean, I hadn't looked at your matchup when I said that, um, I'll tell you what I'm going to, for the record, take, the hogs to beat you but on sunday i might may or may not be uh wishing for you to win okay oh uh, yeah i mean are we calling it a queen sweep for the hogs outside of yeah, the dice? I, I mean i believe so outside of the dice yes there's, i mean i i went for myself last week in a rare move because i had a decent lead in uh as far as potential points and that went away in the first quarter so oh what's the dice have rob oh uh, the dice has a, a one it's a queen sweep it is a queen sweep. Tyler, I want you at some point, not necessarily tonight, but to give me the stats on how often we are all correct when the three of us and the dice all take the same team. Um, I can't do that because I don't save. I save the records. I don't save the picks. The picks. There you uh, go. Damn. I, I redo the spreadsheet every year with, uh, and I restart it with like our overall starts where it was at the end of last year, but I restart the spreadsheet every year. All righty. Next matchup. Let's try to go through these last ones a little bit quicker. Um, we've got the Kegerator at four and three versus the Iowa Corn Wieners, also at four and three. Currently, Kegerator favored at 146 to the Wieners, 126. Kegerator has Derek Carr. He's starting it, boys. <laughs> For finally, he's starting Derek Carr at New Orleans versus the wieners starting kirk cousins home against arizona yeah so either this is one of two things for keg Raider. either a he believes in the thursday low scoring thing that's been going on this year or he just put it in for the podcast so he could so you you could say that he's starting Derek Carr. it was one of those two yeah this is this is a mistake he should be starting lamar um and if that's the case give me lamar uh if the case is that he thinks this is the thursday curse and he's really going to play car than cousins yeah it's cousins easy then uh, no i'll take car anyway i hate cousins <laughs> all right running backs alvin kamara home against the vegas and travis Etienne, new backfield or yeah, his own backfield home against denver for keg versus the wieners with aaron jones at buffalo and Ramondre stevenson at the jets how many uh, carries did Damian Harris get on Monday night last week? Not a lot. Or this week? 
Not a lot. In Dynasty, he got under two points total. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's just say that for this one, you got two running backs on the rise versus another running back on the rise and the one that's just been stagnant here. I do like Aaron Jones because I think – I don't like him rushing against this team, but I do like him catching a bunch of passes, and that's what he'll do. He could easily get 10 targets in this game. Stevenson will do fine. Kamara, ETN's now the guy. Um, I'm going to take Kamara and ETN. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is easy, Kamara and ETN. One thing to watch for the Patriots, I, I know Stevenson has been the guy, and he played on third downs uh, against Chicago even when Harris was back, and that's huge. Watch for news on Ty Montgomery because we haven't heard shit about Ty Montgomery's injury for a while now, and if he comes back and he's the third down back, then this again becomes a backfield that you don't want anything from. So if you're relying on any New England back in any format, just pay attention to that. Yeah. All right, real quick, yay or nay from you guys, does Alvin Kamara get his first first touchdown of the season this week? Yes. Nay. I, I think they go through the air. All righty, receivers, Tyreek Hill at Detroit and Stephon Diggs home against Green Bay for Keg versus Justin Jefferson home against Arizona and Jacoby Myers at the Jets for Wieners. I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. 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 Come on. So, come on. I mean, if you had anybody else good besides, I mean, Jacoby Myers is serviceable, but come on. You got Hill and Diggs. Come on. Come on. Yeah, let's move on. Come on. Okay. Uh, tight ends. Darren Waller at the New Orleans Saints versus Mike Gusecki at Detroit. I mean, I guess it depends if Waller really plays. Um, you know, Gusecki will get you four for 30, and every once in a while he'll throw a touchdown in there. Waller can be great, but I don't. Gusecki is another one to monitor because uh, odds are they're going to trade him. And again, if they have a strong offer, they're not going to play him. Um, so as it stands right now, give me Gusecki, not by a lot. And I don't feel confident about that. And I don't know that either one of these tight ends plays. Yeah, uh, Waller's been bad. Yeah, he's just been in general this year. He's been a waste of a pick. Yeah. Uh, flex, excuse me. Uh, Devonta Smith against Pittsburgh and Michael Carter against New England for Kegrader versus Alan Lazard at Buffalo. Still questionable. And then Tyler Lockett against the Giants for wieners. I mean, yeah, this for me, this is really easy. Um, I don't even know if Lazard plays. Um, Devontae Smith, I think this is a good game for him against Pittsburgh and Carter. We already know that Robinson got traded because uh, of the um, uh, Brees Hall injury and that they're going to bring him up slowly. So this is the game for Carter. So, yeah, give me Smith and Carter. Yep. The only thing that flips this is if Lockett goes – for a big touchdown. Alrighty. Uh Tyler, I want you to run through Kegerator and then we'll have Rob run through the wieners. I mean, we're not going through defenses. I mean, oh, sorry. I forgot about that. We got Jets home against New England and then the Rams home against the Niners. I mean, the New England doesn't know who their quarterback is. Um I don't particularly love either of these, but Jets have been good on the season. Rams have been bad, so give me the Jets, I guess. I'm super glad that we went through the defenses there, Tyler. <laughs> I'd probably lean the Jets a little bit because the Rams 
are since you had good. such remarkable things to say about both of these. So yeah. now, Rob, right. why don't you go through Kegerator and then we'll have Tyler go through the wieners. I mean, the bench, we've already talked about the big one, which is Lamar. Um, I might actually just stick with the Bills defense. They've been so good. Um, I know you're, you know, you're, oh, they're against Green Bay, blah, blah, blah. But Green Bay is not scaring anybody right now. So I might just stick with the Bills, uh, even though the Jets could have a tasty matchup. Um, and I don't think I'd touch anybody else on this bench. All right, Tyler, wieners. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the fact that Brees Hall is still on a roster is an abomination. Um, I, I get the Elijah Mitchell stash just in case. Sure. Because uh, since you could put him in an IR slot. The only thing I'm thinking here is maybe you start Robert Woods against Houston. Uh, not a good pass defense. And uh, I mean, he hasn't been great. Curtis Samuel also could be started against Indy, a team that plays primarily zone. Again, you're you're going more for high floor, uh, low ceiling plays. As it stands right now, I think I'm playing what he has in. Um, I'm probably playing one of the two because I really believe uh, Lazard doesn't play this week. Well, okay. Well, that's different if Lazard doesn't play versus yeah. Yeah, if yeah. he does. All right. So taking this matchup. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with the wieners. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Uh, dice agree. Whoa. I'm taking keg easy. Uh, let's make it a split. I'll take keg. I That's believe one. in you, Sam. I believe in you. Figure it out. All right. I don't. Know if, I don't. Even, I don't think Sam listens to this podcast. So I don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> I yeah. You can call him names then. All right. Our next matchup here is Statistical T at one and six, hosting the Fantasy Reapers at two and five. Tyler, that's your record, two and five. Yeah, he's tied with me. Yeah, I'm that's... again. Both Rob and I are top five in points against, and yeah. like, yeah. Wow, never thought that a team with your running backs would be two and five. Completely anyway, agree. I current, lost last week. <laughs> currently, the Reapers are favored 148 to the T's 122. Well, you'll see I'll why lose. at the top of this line. I'll lose. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, T has Josh Allen home against Green Bay versus Reapers. Andy Dalton home against the Raiders. So, I mean, easy Josh Allen, obviously. Yeah. Come on. This, uh, this run- is the only time. The oh, entire matchup see, on your are you, I was going to say, you, and you yelled at me. Are you talking right now, Tyler? It's the only time. Only time. Again, Vegas is hot garbage against running backs. I think you can lock in Andy Dalton for 300 yards, and that is why I'm playing him. Yeah, and because there's nobody else available. So mute yourself and be quiet. All right, running backs, Jamal Williams against Miami and James Robinson being phased into the New England Jets for T. Right. And then Jonathan Taylor, home against Washington. Finally, he's back. And then Saquon Barkley at Seattle yeah. for Reapers. This is going to be easy, uh, Taylor and Barkley. Yep, for sure. Uh, should be. Fuck, Saquon Barkley kind of screwed me last week in DFS. But yeah, well, that's uh, different. Receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown um, should be good to go here against the Dolphins and then yep. also T Higgins at Cleveland for T versus Jalen Waddle at Detroit and then DeAndre Hopkins in his second game back at Minnesota. Shit, let me look, look real quick. DeAndre Hopkins had 14 targets in his yeah. first game back yeah. last week. I think that continues. I think Waddle, I mean, the only thing you worry about, with, they've gotten a lot of 
run between the two waddle and hill and there's really nobody else at receiver you know what i'm saying that's getting any looks uh in that miami offense it's one of the two um st brown is the number one guy there but boy he's just been kind of you know what he's been getting banged up yeah just jinxed this this year uh higgins has been banged up but he's good when he's in there so this is a really close matchup man if you have full strength st brown meaning that I wasn't worried about him getting dinged up again. Um, I might go Brown and Higgins, but Hopkins just came on fire. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, Wallen Hopkins here. I'm going to go against him. I'm going to go Brown and Higgins. Higgins has been doing pretty fantastic. I mean, it's really, and, really close. And I think it, you know, it has to be a get right game for Detroit this week. Oh, you'd like to think so. Uh, tight ends. Tyler Higby home against San Francisco. Rams coming off the bye there for T versus Kyle Pitts um, home against Carolina. I don't think it matters really who Kyle Pitts is playing against. I'm going to take whoever he's playing against in this matchup. So go oh, please. Te- I love him. Go to testicle T with Tyler Higby. So if you're going talent, it's Kyle Pitts, obviously. Yeah, but it's, um, he has been getting not. more usage and Tyler Higby, to be fair, he only really does well when, when Stafford can't get the ball to anybody else. He's looking at different points on the field and then comes down to him uh, because he's kind of the outlet. They, it's not like they design plays for Tyler Higby. Um, and San Francisco is good, a good defense, so they might cause him to do that. I don't – I really – I'm, I'm going to go Pitts. I'm sorry. I just got – I got to think that they've figured out their life there, that they need to get the ball to their talented people. I think you're a goofmeister. Okay, that's fine. All right, Flex. T has Brian Robinson at Indy and Adam Thielen home against Arizona versus the Reapers with Ken Walker home against the Giants and Christian McCaffrey at yeah, the we'll, Rams. We'll, we'll just move on. Past that's a move on. Yeah, that's a move on. Uh, defense, I don't care. I honestly don't. Um, I'll take the Jags just because it's um, a Londoner game uh, and because Denver can't seem to score touchdowns. So give me yeah. the Jags. I so I like having defenses in our redraft league because I think that they have merit. I yeah. super duper hate breaking it down on the podcast. It's a waste of my time. Um, this bench for Testicle T Rob. There's a lot of players that are playing this week, but do you start any of them? Well, I'm not. I'm not playing James Robinson. I'm, I'm flat out not playing him because, as, as we talked about, he's getting eased in. He's not going to get the workload that he was getting at Jacksonville this week. So even though I don't like him in this matchup, I'm playing a guy like Melvin Gordon um, because – Yeah, or like we mentioned earlier, Eno Benjamin. Maybe he – Arizona keeps riding his hot I mean, hands. Yeah, I mean, I guess you pay attention to your reports and that kind of thing. But, I mean, you could also then move Brian Robinson up to your running back spot and – and, you know, throw a dart at a guy like Chase Claypool or, um, boy, I guess that's it. Unless you want to put Renfro or Reynolds in there. Gross. Yeah. Um, uh, Deion Jackson on this bench is a total drop for me. I don't know why he's still here. I mean, because you hang on to a little bit, make sure Taylor's healthy. Ball yeah, but Hines, Hines is back, so. That's also true. All right. Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. Uh, talk about your team for us. Yeah, the only question is CeeDee Lamb over Waddle or Hopkins. And as it stands right now, I'm going to go with Waddle and Hopkins. Okay. Uh, Tyler, how many weeks do you give Elijah Moore until he's a drop candidate for you? This one. 
Yeah. This exact one, because Corey Davis is probably going to be out. Um, Garrett Wilson. I don't remember if he's limited, but yeah, I mean, if, if Elijah Moore isn't heavily involved this week, then he's gone. Super good Um, question, by the way. Let's have, let's have you go first, Tyler. Who are you taking here? Blake, did you hear me? I said super good question. Don't say I, I never compliment you on the podcast. I, I appreciated it. I didn't want to call it. Call well, it, I didn't. Call I didn't get an acknowledgement there. So. <laughs> I, you I, I, you I get know, bashed I did, every single week for bashing you on the podcast, but I acknowledge. I, I didn't think that we were of the emotional maturity level where you needed to be complimented when you specifically don't oh. give me bullshit. No, buddy, I go talk to my therapist every single time if if I don't get complimented for that. Um, oh my goodness. If I if I don't fucking win this week, I'm dropping every single player on my team. <laughs> so I'm going Reapers. Like, uh, look, just, I'm sorry. Look at the matchup. I don't understand how you could take T. And yet I'm going to lose. I am going to lose. I'm two You're and five. You're not going to lose. I'm going to lose. Now it's gonna be Reapers. Yeah. Uh dice agree and I agree. Or no, what did the dice roll? Oh no, the dice rolled a three. That's T. Oh boy. Boy. That actually, that actually makes me feel better. <laughs> Although the dice rolled a lot better. I just I just like the possibility of what if the dice were the was the only one right. And not only did you lose to T Tyler, but the, the dice, dice guessed well, it to correctly. To be fair, to be fair, that happened last week with the Shakas over Keg. We all picked Keg. That's true. And that Speak- happened twice in week six. Uh, speaking of the Shakas. What are you, what are you trying to do right now? I try move to move on to the next fucking match. I was here, I was doing it? a segue. Yeah. That was your point to say to jump in and go. <laughs> yeah, he was your... he was on a little two wheeled vehicle going on to the next matchup. Right? Absolutely not. Not without me. Not without my say. That's why I paused. Hey, All no, right. but I believe we have an ad for the Commissioner's Cup, Rob. Okay. Who Is that have? correct? Oh, no. Do we? I, I mean, unless you, you have, have one, read. I don't have. Oh, I don't. don't. Have, you have the read. I don't have an ad. I don't have an ad. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Come on. I really, I really don't. I, I'd have to. I'd have no, to like get the no, copy off the facts. It's gonna be bad. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. For the Commissioner's Cup, our final matchup this week. Uh it's the backdoor hot snakes, my team, five and two, hosting the Hawaiian Shock is at seven and zero. Oh. Currently, snakes are favored 141 to 126. This is the week, the best chance any of us will have, barring major injuries to the Shakas to take the cup away from him. That is 100% correct, and, and there I'll are still, multiple and, reasons why. And I'll still fuck it away, probably. We'll, we'll talk oh. about the fact that the Chiefs are on by, but Monty now has the record for longest winning streak, challenger win percentage, defense win percentage. He is approaching Blake in cups played in. Mm. However, Blake has the most wins as a challenger. Yeah, well, he's about to add to that. <laughs> at, uh, at, I believe, six. Yeah, so it, if anybody is going to beat Monty, I believe it is going to be Blake. Um, but yeah, I mean, this leaderboard for the a Commissioner's Cup is just riddled with Blake and Monty. All right, so let's break this matchup down at quarterback. The Snakes, I've got Tom Brady home against Baltimore uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night. Uh, Shaka's has Jimmy Garoppolo at the Rams. So for me... 
even though they've been playing terrible recently and it's a Thursday game, I'm going to go Brady here. Um, the Rams haven't been great this year, but the last time Garoppolo played against the Rams at home, he got about 24 fantasy points in our league. Um, with the injury to Debo, even with McCaffrey, I just I believe that Brady is going to be able to do something. They, they've got to write that ship somehow, so I'm going to go Brady here. Garoppolo. Shanahan right. owns the Rams. Rob? What? No, I'm not bet? doing a goddamn dollar bet. God, Still running backs. Stink. This guy stinks. <laughs> oh, you suck. Running yeah. backs here. Dalvin Cook at Ari- home against Arizona and Derrick Henry at Houston for Snakes versus Nick Chubb home-, home against Cincinnati and Miles Sanders home against Pittsburgh for the Shockers. Yeah. The best running back matchup that we've had so far. Um, give yeah. me Cook and Henry. Henry has a really good matchup. Chubb also has a decent matchup, and he is the only show in town. You're just expecting Chubb to get 165 if you want to win this. I mean, Chubb's not the only show in town. You you do have Kareem Hunt there still. But I but they're trying to trade him. I know. We'll see. Right. And so, again, one of those things where they're trying to trade him, so are they going to play him? I don't know. And that's that's why you did not see Hunt in my lineup. Right. Was that very reason. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, Cook and Henry. Though though Sanders has been doing deceptively well uh, in fantasy. And so I would not be surprised if Chubb and Sanders win this. Yeah, I mean, Eagles fans now calling for um, them to trade Sanders after the Quinn pick because they're like, hey, we don't need him. Like, we, yeah. we can get by. And also, I mean, Howie Roseman, uh, that's their GM, right? Uh, yeah. Just incredible. They, after all of these trades, after trading up to get Jordan Davis, after trading up or trading to get AJ Brown, after trading to get Robert Quinn, they still have all their picks for next year, plus an extra first and second. That is, uh, yeah, I, I see the pain in Rob's eyes right now. I mean, whatever. Eagles suck. All right, sorry. Uh, receivers in this matchup are Mike Evans, home against Baltimore, and Gabriel Davis, home against Green Bay for the Snakes, versus Cooper Cup, home against San Francisco, and Terry McLaurin at the Colts for Shakas. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to go, because McLaurin, it seems like he's a little more involved, even though their quarterback will throw more interceptions. I'm going to go Cup McLaurin. Um but Gabe Davis could have one of those games where he gets three catches for 160 yards and a long touchdown, you know. So I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way, but I can't go against a team that has cup on it. 100%. McLaurin with his, uh, what, second most targets last week. We saw last year with Heineke. He was effective. So I, I think this is very, very easy, Cup and McLaurin. Yep. Okay. Uh, tight ends. I've got Robert Tunyon at Buffalo versus Irv Smith Jr. home against the Cardinals for Shakas. Cardinals stink out loud against the tight end. This is Irv Smith. Easy. Easy. Yeah, I agree. And I don't like Tunyon against Buffalo. Um, I don't like anybody against Buffalo this year, <laughs> to be fair. So, yeah, give me Irv Smith. Okay, um, flex positions here. We've got Devin Singletary, 
home against Green Bay and Tyler Algier home against Carolina for the Snakes versus Omari Cooper home against Cincinnati and Tyler Boyd at Cleveland. Well, this for is Shakas. This is easy Cooper and Boyd. Um yeah, I'm not even going to go into why, but it's it's easy Cooper and Boyd. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's easy Cooper and Boyd. If this flips, I would I would be surprised, but I'm not going to be like shocked. Does that make sense? Yeah. I would be. I would be shocked if Singletary and Algier beat Boyd and Cooper. We could see I mean, Boyd have what, down days. What would but... happen is one of the running backs has to go over 100. Correct. And I think if one of them doesn't go over 100, then it's easy, easy Cooper and Boyd. Right. Agreed. All right, defenses, Cowboys against Chicago or the Niners at the Rams. We already talked about it. This is Cowboys easy. Rest of yeah. the year, just ride yep. them boys. Yep. And we all, we all know that Blake loves to ride them boys. Sure do. Uh, you guys talk about the Shakas. I mean, as far as their bench goes, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think he can – I don't think he, I'd really do anything different. I mean, he's he's got his optimal lineup in, given that his top two players are on a bye. So, yeah. I don't think I'd change anything. Yeah, I mean that that's exactly it. Is who the shockers have been riding all year is on by. You you have to hope that Cooper Cup has a um uh, not a career game because he's had big games, but you know, he has to have a hundred and a touch for right. you to have a chance here. Yeah, you gotta get thirty something out of Cub. You gotta get Nick Chubb 125 and a touchdown. You gotta get Garoppolo to approach three hundred yards and throw for at least two and not more than three interceptions. So, there, like there's that. only there's only one question here. Yeah. If Thomas plays, Thomas or Boyd? I'm still going to play Boyd. I think I would flip. I think uh, I would flip to Thomas. Thomas has already been ruled out, hasn't he? No. Oh, he's questionable. All right. I could have sworn that Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas were both ruled out already. So as of 2.48 p.m. on Wednesday, he didn't practice. However, he was questionable. And he went through right. walkthroughs. Okay. So as far as my team goes, I mean, I I feel, you know, as I always do, far more strongly about Singletary than everybody else in our fantasy league does. Um, Tyler Algier, I mean, fuck. The Atlanta's entire game plan is to just run it. It doesn't matter if you're down three touchdowns. Uh, keep running the ball. Establish that run, baby. Um, so I don't feel as bad about my two flexes as you guys do, but I'm definitely going to consider um, getting, you know, I'll, I'll toy with playing George Pickens all week because he's done very well against against good defenses you know, since, um, what's his dick, uh, Trubisky got benched. Uh, Cooks has a fantastic matchup as far as receiver defense goes, but fuck, he's – not he's been getting targets which is not producing uh long plays it's been very very frustrating uh and i i don't i cannot in good conscience play gus edwards on the short week uh for tomorrow night so uh just one question what about wando wando i want to see what happens uh through the practices this week because he got banged up with his i think it was his knee on sunday 
Uh, but if he's if he's good to go and gets off that injury report by the when the weekend hits, he'll definitely find his way into this lineup. I mean, he's listed so, so as healthy me, right now. He's listed as healthy right now. Is yeah, he, no, he, yep. For yeah. for me, you guys nailed both sides of this. For me, it's Wyndale versus Pickens in that uh, oh, he, second he flex is? versus Algier. Yeah, oh, shit. he and was. So, uh, he was listed as question. So for me, it there. goes Wandale for the floor, Pickens for the upside because man, um, Kenny Pickett just loves. Pickens, and so I I think personally I'd be playing Pickens. Yeah, because you you have the better opportunity at a big long play where Wandell is going to get short passes and he has to break one you know to get you yards. He's he's not the down the field guy. He's you know that intermediate. So yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, and right. I and I had I had Pickens in my lineup instead of Gabe Davis earlier today, and then swapped it out for the podcast just just to have the conversation topic about it. Oh, I would, I'd be swapping out one of your flexes. I'd probably keep Gabe Davis in. All right. Dice go first this time. I'm rolling sure. it. Let's do it. Oop, and I completely threw it away. That is a two. That will be the Shakas retaining the Commissioner's Cup. Retaining the Cup. And then I believe it goes to Blake. Yes. Sure. I'll take myself. I'm confident enough. Okay. Rob, are you going to take the most dominant Commissioner's Cup we've ever seen, or the most dominant challenger for the Commissioner's Cup? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take the challenger. I've seen Blake go to a matchup down twenty, according to the projections, and completely get that swapped because the other team just doesn't show up. Uh, Blake's defense is for real. Um, this offense is missing some few key players, so uh, I predict the. Hot Snakes uh, curse to continue, uh, and the Shakas to take their first loss. I'll split it, and I will go <laughs> Shakas with the dice. All right, there we go. So from there, gentlemen, we go into award season. All right, all right. Fuck, we've already been going for an hour and a half. Let's uh, let's roll through this one. So, gentlemen. Welcome to the Midseason Awards. The first award we have is the biggest NFL surprise. And I will start with Blake here. Oh, boy. Does this sound so so supposed to be going? Yep. Okay. Um, You know what? I'm going to go... The biggest NFL surprise. NFL or fantasy? I guess he said NFL. NFL. He did say NFL, yeah. Can literally be anything. I don't know, man. I just love the the amount of short-term preparation we had on all these awards. (laughs) Literally, we've been doing this for three fucking years now, or however long we've been doing the podcast. So, that's on you. Tyler sent it a text, like, you know, on Monday. Hey, we're going to do this on Wednesday. I sent you a text podcast. yesterday, motherfucker. Yes, say we're going to do mid-season awards. But anyway, who, what you got, Blake? Come on. I don't know. Rob, you go first. Uh, I guess my biggest surprise from week one to now is the state of the Rams. The Rams were supposed to be coming off their Super Bowl win. They were just going to walk, you know, with... Brady coming back there, they're the only thing standing in the way of the Rams repeating. 
and the Rams look like hot garbage. Their offense has not looked good. Their defense has been less than spectacular. Um, people we thought were going to have certain roles do not. So give me the Rams. I mean, I'll, I'll go. I like, I like the vibe you're in. Uh, I can't think of a particular player or anything that's really been a surprise. I mean, there's a couple out there, but like James Robinson is, was my first initial reaction, but he's kind of fell off because he came back from that Achilles injury. Uh, but on the same vibe as you, Rob, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers uh, and Tom Brady in particular. Just the way that that and their defense, it, it just the and the way the offense is being conducted is just in shambles uh, thus far. I mean. Everybody, yeah, got to have confidence in Tom Brady to be able to turn it around. But it's been surprising watching, especially losing to Carolina last week was a was a shock. Well, the last two weeks for sure. Um, I thought about them, Blake. The only reason I didn't think it was a surprise is going into the season with the preseason offensive line injuries. You had that inkling that this might not be the same Bucks team, but you didn't really get that vibe with the Rams, which is why I went that direction instead. But I thought of that too. Well, offensive line issues uh, have cursed the Rams as well. Well, now, yes. Yeah, I mean, this is super easy for me. Uh, This is the Seattle Seahawks leading the NFC West halfway through (laughs) the fantasy season at four and three. People thought that this team was going to be the worst team in the entire league, and they are leading the division. Yeah. That is incredible. That kind of goes hand in hand with the Rams being terrible. Also, who would have thought that... Who would have thought that Rob and I would have been very pessimistic in our picks and Tyler would have been actually uh, making an optimistic pick there, right? All right. Uh, The next award given out is for the top quarterback in fantasy this year. As a reminder, reminder, we do factor in draft capital for this. Correct. All right, so who's going first? Blake, Blake, since since you... uh, didn't go first last time. Go for it. Yeah, um, I think it has to be Josh Allen. I don't think there's any question about that. Josh Allen was drafted. I'm looking at it right now. In the... Fuck, stop showing me ads. 43rd overall in the fifth round by Testicle T. Uh, in all fantasy scores, Josh Allen is number three to Stephon Diggs and Cooper Cup. Uh, he's doing it on the ground. He's doing it through the air, and he seems extremely matchup proof. So, when I mean, did yeah. you say that oh, Josh ahead. Allen was drafted? Forty third. It said fifth round. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll give an honorable mention to Joe Burrow in the tenth round, but a lot of his stats are propelled by this last week. I am also going to go Josh Allen for top quarterback midway through the season. Yeah, I, I'll make it a third. It's Josh Allen. I think I think he and Mahomes were drafted one pick apart from each other in our league. They were. They were. So the fact that you only went one pick earlier and you've gotten that much more points um, and you've already been through your bye week, right? And you're leading all quarterbacks, pretty decent. So, yeah, Josh Allen. All right. I will go next on the or next for top running back. Top running back. I mean, I think this is super easy to me. This has to be Josh Jacobs in the sixth round, coming on strong the last three weeks, almost 40 points every single week. Josh Jacobs, honorable mention to Brees Hall. I mean, if he would have gotten hurt, Brees Hall would have been my pick. Um, 
You know, I almost want to go Austin Eckler here because at the beginning of the year, there was talk about lessening his workload. Um, but for Josh Jacobs on the same thing, they looked like they were trying to get rid of him in the preseason, right? By playing him late. So as far as what you expected, it's got to go to Josh Jacobs. Austin Eckler being the number one, you know, he was taking the top four, right? Seventh. I mean, top four running backs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not a huge surprise that he's doing well. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Jacobs with a, an honorable to Saquon. What? You were talking about Eckler. Yes, I was talking about Eckler. And then you said Jacobs. You, you said Jacobs, honorable to Saquon. Honorable to Saquon, yeah. So who, Jacobs is your official Ooh. pick? Ooh. Jacobs is my official pick. Okay, God, the, I, I'm changing my official pick to Saquon because that is <laughs> that is an incredible pick. Jesus Christ, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Just follow us. No, because first of all, Tyler's internet's dying again, which is super cool. Yeah. It's good. Uh, no, I was going to go. Tyler took Jacobs. You were you were going to take Eckler. I was going to talk about fucking Saquon, and now you really rogered my whole thing. So no, I'm going to take Eckler. Say, Fuck you guys. Go ahead. I was just saying Eckler is number one, but he was picked high, so that's why I wasn't going to take him. Fuck you All guys. right, so we have, we have officially Tyler with Saquon Barkley and Rob and Blake with Eckler. No, I took Josh Jacobs. Oh, you did take Jacobs. I okay. agreed with the Josh Jacobs pick because he was taken so much later. All right, we go now to our top wide receiver, and we go to Rob first. Oh, for me, this is easy. It's Diggs. Um, you know, the other guys at the top are supposed to be at the top. Um, Diggs has just been consistently good uh, for that, uh, for Buffalo. So give me Diggs. Oh, man. I'm, I'm just trying to look at draft capital here, but, I mean, Diggs was a second-round pick overall. Right. I'm just trying I mean, to... D- just Diggs was the, the turn, the first pick of the turn, so basically he was a first-rounder. Right. I mean, up to this point, up to this point, mm, I mean, I want to give it to Mike Williams because he was a fourth-round pick. That seems super high. Give me, oh boy, give me Tyler Boyd <laughs> in the 13th round. Disgusting. Very currently, disgusting. Currently at wide receiver nine after a big week last That's week. That's not bad. I know who Blake's <laughs> going to take, and I agree with it. I, I mean, I want to say, I'm gonna, I mean, the easy pick is Cooper Cup just because he's consistent, but he, that's where nope. you draft him at. Uh, right. Now, give me Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown in the first three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but my honorable would have been to Tyree Kill, uh, third round pick, and he's the third overall wide receiver. But I mean, I'll, I'll, also, I'll also give some honorables to T. Higgins. Um, you know, the second fiddle there behind Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, uh, banged up in the in the middle of the year so far, but still putting up a ton of points. Oh, I would tell you who my number one would have been if he's not hadn't been hurt. It would have been Marquise Brown. Would have been my pick of where people got him and where he would have been on this board if he didn't get hurt two weeks ago. That would have been it, but he's hurt. So anyway. All right. So we go to tight ends with Blake and we turn the music off because it was murdering my computer. Uh, there's only one right answer, and it's Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I like 
Kelsey has once again done it, has once again been the top tight end, and he has been worth the pick. Oh, yeah. Next year is the year where he's going to be outside of the tight end top three. You think so? Exactly. Yeah, probably, probably I mean, not. yeah, it's it's obviously Kelsey. Um, if we, if I could keep doing honorable mentions, I'll throw some hill of bone because he's number four on this list. I mean, it's on the heels of one good game, but he's was a guy that was a free agent that you nobody would expect to be anywhere on the tight end board. So, and, and Zach Ernst has been really good too. But the top two guys are the top two guys that everybody thought. All right. After tight ends, we have breakout player of the year in fantasy. And I believe we're starting with Rob. <sighs> breakout player. I don't know that I really had one. But let's go with um, up until he got hurt. I'm going to go with Njoku. He was kind of hidden in Cleveland um, with Mayfield there. They had two tight ends and they've been trying that look forever he finally got the gig to himself they gave him a big contract and he was pretty much the number two receiver on that team um up until he got hurt this last week so through through this last week i would call uh njoku the breakout player for me blake uh, geno smith um nice. fucking bench rider most of his career after a failure and after you know his first year um never really did much with the start but this year whew, oh baby yeah good pick yeah i mean i part of me wants to go like damian pierce or Brees hall but like those were expected breakouts right because they're because they were rookie picks that's why i went with somebody yeah, exactly exactly um boy i'm you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go Ramondre Stevenson in the absence of Damian Harris. We have seen what all of the writers have been talking about with Ramondre Stevenson. Now, I don't think this will continue, but I think that this is certainly one that has to be noted. Um, From there, we go to the biggest non-injury bust. Rob. Hmm. Wow. I mean, I had three I looked at because they were all three that were supposed to do well. So, like, uh, Edmonds from Miami was one. He never got hurt, but he's, like, hot garbage now. I thought of Elijah Moore for the Jets because we, we were even talking about him earlier. And then there's Allen Robinson. But I'm not going to take Allen Robinson because he busted last year. So I'm going to take Elijah Moore because he was supposed to be on this upward climb, and he is just, like, you were saying earlier that if he doesn't do it this week, he's droppable. So, yeah, for me, for me, this becomes very easy. This yep. is Kyle Pitts. Oh, you drafted yeah. you drafted Kyle Pitts in the third round, thinking that this was going to be the yeah. fucking year. Yeah, and, forget about Pitts. And it just hasn't been, and it's like it's not his fault. No, he's been doing great, but yeah. yeah. Blake. Yep. Those yeah. Both um, I mean, I. Kyle Pitts is definitely a good one. I'm going to stick with the tight end theme and go a little bit more personal. Um, Cole Kmet oh, yeah. was supposed <laughs> That's also to, a very, very good a, one. That good is one. a by, very good one. Yeah, all analysts supposed to be a great uh, pass catcher in the Chicago offense, and they were going to let Justin Fields, they were going to build the offense around him. It's been really tough watching the Chicago Bears uh, run their offense, and I say run very heavily. Uh, Cole Komet has 25 fantasy points on the season through seven weeks. 
All right. Our last thing is first half MVP this year. Hmm. And this I this comes down to me, and I'm so torn because I don't know who to take here. Um boy. I mean, for me, that this has to come down to somebody on Shaka's team. Just in our league. Um, and, and if you want to argue with that, you can, fine. But and and I don't know who to give it to because the only people that Shaka's really have that is producing like outstanding is Mahomes and Cooper Cup. I I think gross. Um no, you know what? Give me Travis Kelsey. Oh, you took mine. As first half <laughs> first half MVP. He is just that much of an outlier above anybody else at that, the That's exactly what I was gonna say. Because you could damn you because i was gonna say oh you could say alan but you know number two isn't that far behind him you know it's less than i think it's less than 10 12 points same at receiver but at tight end it's a over 30 point gap um and yes kelsey was taken high but as some people thought that he was falling off and they were putting mark andrews up there and even some places said kyle pitts was that number two guy and that kelsey was the third tight end maybe off this off the board uh it didn't work that, that way in our league but he's just I mean, you look at it, it's 153, 121, and then 80s and, uh, and below for everybody else. So for, on the third tight end, he has almost twice as many points on Zach Ertz. That's ridiculous. So by far, it's Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and I was going to say basically the same thing. You know, I was torn between Kelsey and Mahomes, but in particular with our league, the most MVP thing is the Mahomes and Kelsey stack right. on the same team. Uh, usually, you know, it's like, oh, the quarterback and the number one receiver. Well, that's Travis Kelsey. And having Mahomes and Kelsey on the same team is a fucking cheat code just about this year. Well, yeah, especially since it didn't matter that Hill left as far as uh, Mahomes' production. And if you banked on that and got that stack, then you did very well. And you should be leading the league, and that's why you're 7-0. and All right. we I will send out the link that everybody can vote on their mid-season awards outside of that boys we've gone on long enough and let's oh, yeah. do it all right here let's play us out let's get out of here <laughs>